Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. with me to second Peter chapter number three second epistle of Peter chapter number three <clears throat> somebody say praise the Lord amen let's look at verse one this second epistle beloved I now write unto you in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming for since the fathers fell asleep all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation for this they willingly are ignorant of that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished But the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that the day or the one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack. Concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with a fervent heat. And the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. I want you to note verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. And I just want to preach for the next little while concerning his promise promise concerning his promise I want the Lord to truly help us tonight I believe I felt his presence all along in this service the touch of the Holy Ghost is certainly here in this place and I'd like for him to continue to move in this house through the preaching of the word of God how many knows that be the will of the Lord tonight why don't we lift up our voices once again unto God and let's pray for his mighty anointing to continue to flow and the work of God to be completely done here in this service. Jesus, we certainly need you and we desire you, and we pray, God, 
for you to help us tonight through the word of the Lord. I pray you would strengthen every saint of God. I pray every guest that is here tonight that needs uh, to be touched by your spirit would receive that touch and that help from the Lord. We thank you and praise you for it in Jesus' name. And could we really give some praise under our God right now? I thank you, Jesus. Come on, really lift up your voice to him. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Praise God. Thank you for standing, and you may be seated. The Apostle Peter, in this third chapter of his second epistle, gives us the primary reason for the writing of this epistle. He said, Now, I write unto you in both which I stir up your pure mind by way of remembrance. Apparently, there were those that were doubting the promises of God, were questioning the word of God, and maybe even doubting the word of the Lord, that ye may be mindful of the words which, I, which were spoken before by the holy prophets, He said in the last days, there's going to be scoffers. There's going to be those that are going to question certain things that I've foreordained, that I've prophesied, that holy men of old have talked about, that years before in the Scripture have recorded and written down promises that I have made through these men of God has spoken to you, my people, and that I intend on completing and bringing to fruition in your life. But there is going to be a time that you're going to have to be reminded. You're going to have to be strengthened and encouraged because there's going to be folks that are going to come by, and they're going to say things like, Where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning. So the apostle admonishes them, no matter what the scoffers say, no matter what the world's ideas and concepts are about things, you must remember. And every once in a while, we need to be reminded of things. And we need a preacher to get up and and just uh, remind us and encourage us in some areas in the word of the Lord. Some things that have been preached to us before that we know God is capable of, that we know God has the power to do. It's not necessarily that we doubt the power of God. It's not necessarily that we think God is not able to do it. But we reach points in our lives, every one of us, and if you've lived for God very long, you know what I'm talking about, where we need to be reminded. It does something to bolster our faith. It does something to encourage us in our walk with God. And it's by the word of God, he said, that the heavens and the earth stands. And then he goes on in verse 8 and he says some things about the timing of God. And that's sometimes what we struggle with. And we have to be reminded that he is in control and that God hasn't forgotten about us. I was just talking to somebody this week and encouraging them and uh, they were stating that there were some certain things that happened 
that were clear signs to them that the Lord knew where they were at and knew what they were going through. And I said, see, God hasn't forgotten about you. God knows your name. He has your address. He's aware of your needs. and He's not going to fail you when you need him the most. And I truly believe that. I don't believe that God walks out on us. I don't believe, even though I sometimes can't feel him like I'd like to, I don't believe necessarily that that means that God's not working in my life. Sometimes I walk around, as it were, a little bit blindfolded as to what God is doing. But I can rest assured that he is working on my behalf. Amen. If I'm a child of God, I can be certain of one thing. That he'll never leave me, nor will he ever forsake me. Amen. I can be certain of one thing, and that is that he is concerned about me because I certainly have that promise in the word of the Lord. And he said, don't don't be confused about the timing of God because God doesn't work on your schedule. The apostle Peter is reminding them of that. He said that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. He said several times in the scripture, be not ignorant. Uh, he wasn't meaning it like sometimes we use it in a negative way. But he was saying is, is, is don't be uncognizant of the fact. Uh, don't be uneducated when it comes to these things. That God has perhaps uh, forgotten you. Uh, you see, when we're not, we're not aware of these things and we're not cognizant of these things, it gives way for the devil to deceive us and to plant a seed of doubt in our minds that God really cares and that God is really working. If we don't understand his word and we don't understand some concepts about the timing of God, then we can think, well, I guess I'm deserted. I guess I'm by myself. I, I guess he's not going to answer. I guess it's not going to come through for me. But I'm telling you, as sure as I stand here tonight, that God is going to confirm his word. And God is going to work in your behalf. And just because the answer has tarried, doesn't mean that God has forgotten. For God is not slack concerning his promises. Amen. If there's one thing that I want to drive home, if there's a nail that I want to drive flush tonight and clinch it off on the backside, that is, is that God is not slack concerning his promise. It may have been 20 years ago that God spoke to you directly and gave you a promise and you haven't seen it come to fruition yet, but I want to encourage you in the Holy Ghost that he hasn't forgotten about that promise. Amen. It may have been that you were praying and you felt a confirmation in your spirit concerning a certain thing that you was praying about. I want to take you back to that moment and tell you that as real as God was then, He is still going to come through with what He said He was going to do. You can have peace about it. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to fret as evildoers, the Bible says. But you could put your faith in God that he is going to do exactly what he has promised that he would do. Amen. And when I was considering these verses of scripture, I, I felt an urge in the Holy Ghost to remind us of some promises that God has given to us in his word. There were some things that 
came to mind distinctly as I was studying for this message. Of course, I'm preaching about God's promises, and I suppose the ultimate promise that I could preach about tonight is the promise of the Holy Ghost. And if you have the Holy Ghost, you know what I'm talking about. It's the greatest experience, and I know I say this often, but I really mean it. It is the greatest experience that a person could receive. It's the greatest thing that could happen in an individual's life. When we talk about the Holy Ghost, there's really not enough adjectives. There's not enough words to describe. We could not properly articulate just how wonderful and great the Holy Ghost is. And if you're here tonight and you don't have the Holy Holy Ghost, you need to get the Holy Ghost. If you're here tonight, amen, and you over time, the Holy Ghost has not been as active as it needs to be in your life or over the last few months you've not been renewed in the Holy Ghost as often as you should be, I'm going to tell you, you can get a real up-to-date experience in the Holy Ghost. You can go back and touch home base. You can go back and get it just like you did the first time. You can do your first works over again. And when you come and God fills you again with His Spirit, uh, that same joy that was unspeakable and full of glory will come back again. That same peace that passeth all understanding will come back again. That same comfort that God is in control of every circumstance of your life uh, will come back again. You see, what we have trouble with sometimes uh, is we when, we, when we get away from uh, the things of God, the Spirit of God guiding and directing and leading our life. You know, we're a Spirit-led people. That's the way God intended it to be. Not a logic-led people. Amen. Not a, not a fleshly, secular-led people. But we are a Spirit-led people. And uh, we, we're, not, we're not driven by what we can come up with emotionally. I know a lot of people, they, they talk about Pentecostal being so emotional. I'm going to tell you this emotion is because of an experience uh, on the inside. We've got proof. Amen. And that's why, that's why we get emotional. That's why we are enthusiastic. That, that's why we are excited. And that ought to be proof to this world that what we've got is real. Because there's not a lot to get excited about in this world unless you've got the Holy Ghost. I said there's not a lot to be enthusiastic about in this world unless you've got the Holy Ghost. But if you've got the power of God, amen, it doesn't matter what the, what the man in North Korea does, and it doesn't matter what the uh, Iranians do, and it doesn't matter what the United Nations decides, amen, you know that you've got something that is greater than this world. You've got an experience that is real. You've got an experience experience that lasts. you got an experience that'll take you from this earth into eternity. And then we're going to live with him forever. Praise God. Let's give him thanks right now. Let's give him praise. Praise.
Praise God. Praise God. Amen. But Jesus, he foretold. He, he explained that the Spirit of God, that promise was coming. He explained it uh, in the last chapter, 24th chapter, the book of Luke. He said then, speaking to his disciples, the, the Scripture says, Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the Scripture. It had been prophesied in the book of Joel. It had been talked about throughout the Old Testament. There had been foreshadowings. There had been so many types of, of the Spirit of God coming and dwelling. Even he, we have certain glimpses of it. Uh, amen. He, he talked to the lady at the well that I spoke of this morning. We see glimpses uh, of the Spirit of God coming and uh, God pouring His Spirit out upon all flesh. And then He said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem and ye are witnesses of these things and behold I send the promise I send the promise of my father upon you but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high and then we look we look over in the book of Acts we look at chapter 1 and verses 4 and 5 and it says and being assembled together with them commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem but wait for the promise of the Father which saith he ye have heard of me for John truly baptized with water but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence and then in Acts chapter 2, the apostle Peter, the writer of this text that I read to you tonight, he is preaching on the day of Pentecost. And the Bible says that they were pricked in their heart. And they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? And the scripture says that Peter began to preach to them. And then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the mission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for this promise is unto you this promise is unto you this promise is unto you and to your children and all that are far off even as many as the Lord our God shall call it is a promise I said it is a promise that you can receive the wonderful experience of the Holy Ghost somebody ought to lift up their voice if you got that promise you ought to praise him for It's a promise. It's a promise. Aren't you thankful that God is not slack? We've got people in this room, amen, that proves that God is not slack concerning his promise. Aren't you thankful that God always come through with his promise? we got proof and testimony right here in this house that God can come through with his promise. 
Amen. That's all the proof you need. If you're here and need the Holy Ghost or wondering if the Holy Ghost is for you, I'm going to tell you there's a room full of people right here in this house that already have it, and we believe that God is able to fill more with the Holy Ghost. We believe before we leave this place tonight, somebody else could get the Holy Ghost. Somebody else could be baptized in His Spirit. Oh, praise God. Amen. We have that promise. We have the promise that He will also hear us when we pray. I I think sometimes we take that for granted. Sometimes we don't realize how special that is. That a holy God would condescend to you and I. Amen. The Bible says that He knows our frame and considers the fact that we are made of dust. He he knows our fallibility. He he knows, amen, our our fragileness. He knows our humanity. He, He knows us better than we know ourselves. Oh, yeah, God knows. You know, people say, well, if I know my heart, there's no way that you can completely know your heart. Matter of fact, the Bible tells me that your heart is desperately wicked. Amen. Somebody say, well, if I know my heart, you better watch out. Amen. You better, you better obey the word of the Lord. You better found yourself in the word of God. You, you, better, you better find the experience that you have. In the, this is what I feel in my heart. Let me just tell you something. It better line up to the word of God because your heart can deceive you sometimes. Amen. Bible said it's desperately wicked, but it also tells me that he is greater than my heart. Praise God and knows all things. He knows. He knows where there's a desire. He knows where there is potential. He knows when there is sincerity. He knows when there is real true hunger. He knows when there's a real true thirst for God. Amen. He can look beyond the exterior and the hard surface and the callous front and he can look down deep and he knows you better than you know yourself. He knows every need that is in this house tonight. He knows every person that's in this place and he knows what you come here in need of and he's able to minister to that need before this service is over. That's right. That's right. That's right. Praise God. But to think that this God would lend his ear, he said in his word, that his ear is not heavy, nor is his hand short to reach to where I am when I call on his name. I look all the way back. We have opportunities, you know, to eavesdrop on prayers in the word of the Lord. And we find at the building of Solomon's temple that he prayed a, a dedication prayer that that the Lord, no matter where a person would find themselves, if they were in another land and they were away and they could not get to that temple, they could not enter in to that place, that God's presence would not be limited to just that structure. But if they would just turn their face towards Jerusalem, towards that temple, and begin to pray in faith, even if a stranger in sincerity, a person that was an alien, 
uh, a person that was uh, not of the promise and, and not of the covenants and the person that was not a Hebrew by blood but if they would have faith and turn their face towards that temple and cry out to God that he would hear them and respond to them him and Israel had a promise that if they were in a tight place and there was no rain and locusts had devoured the land and pestilence had uh, uh, come upon the people he said in Second Chronicles chapter number 7 and verse 14 if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray hallelujah and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land and verse 15 says and now mine eyes shall be open and my ears shall attend to the prayer that is made in this place what do you say I'm telling you when it comes to prayer child of God God is not slack concerning his promise you have a promise that he will hear you when you pray amen you may be in a dark place but you can lift up your voice and pray and you have a promise that God is going to hear you you may be discouraged but if you lift up your voice and pray you have a promise that God is going to hear you you may be going through something in a deep dark valley and you don't know why but if you lift up your voice even in that valley even in that tight place even in that situation you have a promise that God will hear you if you'll pray Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, somebody give him some praise. I'm telling you, he still answers prayer. He still hears people that pray. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We have a promise. We have a promise that he will never leave us. Oh, yeah, there's times that I've felt alone. There's been times when people has walked out of my life, walked out of my world, people that I thought uh, would never do so, people that I thought uh, would always be there. Amen. I, I, I perhaps uh, have had this in my consciousness for a long, long time. Because, uh, amen, even as a baby boy, the people that was supposed to be there wasn't there. But God gave me a promise uh, that he would always be there. That he would always be there. He said in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5, For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Amen. And he tells me in another place that he would be with me. Jesus spoke it. He said he'd be with me to the end of the world. Hallelujah. I'm thankful. It doesn't matter how bad it gets in, the, in, in, the, in this time period that we're in. He's going to be with me to the end of the world. Some people are shook up and they're worried about what's going on in politics and what's going on in world situations and between countries. And looks like we're on the preface of, uh, of some uh, massive destruction and war going on. But I'm telling you, my Bible tells me that he'll never leave me. But he'll be with me to the end of the world. 
no matter what the devil has tried to tell you, you're never alone. You're never fighting by yourself. You're not facing this by yourself. But you have a God that is there. That he said, I'll not leave you. I'll not forsake you. When the going gets rough, I'll be beside you. I'll be there for you. When, when times get hard, I'll be there in your life. Come on, when the doctor says it's cancer, he'll be there. I'm going to tell you, when you have a loss of a loved one, he'll be there. Amen. When troubles come, he'll be there. When discouragement arises, he'll be there. He is not slack. Come on, somebody help me preach tonight. He is not slack concerning his promise. Oh, somebody ought to get happy tonight. Somebody ought to be encouraged in the Holy Ghost right now. Somebody ought to lift up their voice and give praise to the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands to him and give him praise. We have this promise. We have this promise. I'm thankful that I have a promise tonight. Amen. I'm not just speaking through my hat. I can find what I'm talking about in the Word of God. We have the promise, and this ought to, this ought to encourage somebody's faith. Amen. That He is coming back for His children. I read it to you tonight in the Word of the Lord. Amen. That it seems like there's a lot of debate and uh, there's a lot of concern about this. And I remember uh, some years ago, it was 88 reasons why it was coming in 88. And then he didn't come. And then the guy said, well, I forgot one thing. It'll be 89 reasons in 89. And when it didn't happen then, then Y2K come along and everybody was getting canned goods together. And they was having gardens and, and all kinds of stuff and communes and coming together. Hey, man, I don't know why they were doing all that, th- all that kind of stuff because the Bible tells us we're not to live in fear. We're to live in faith. Walk in faith. And again, he'd be with us to the end. And he'll take care of us. And I simply believe, and you can have your own ideas about it, but I believe he's going to catch his bride out of this world before that, that point comes. I believe we're going home to be with Jesus. I believe that he's coming to get his church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But uh, there's a lot of debate about when he's coming and people trying to, uh, to guess. And it seems like every once in a while there'll be another, there'll be another trend people writing books and people talking about it and people making all kinds of predictions about when it's going to happen. And that seemed to be the debate even in the Apostle Peter's day. When is or where is the promise of his coming? It seems like all things are are just as they were from the beginning. We hear the preaching. We hear the talk. Amen. But it doesn't seem like much has changed. Well, I'm going to tell you something. You'd have to be a spiritual imbecile to not realize that there's some things that is changing in the spiritual climate of this world. Amen. There's a lot more changing going on than what the liberals try to say as far as global warming is concerned and all of that. Amen. They, they are able to discern, like the Bible said, the, the face of the sky, but they're not able to discern the signs of the times. I'm going to tell you there's something that is changing drastically in this world, but some folks are not able to recognize it. Some folks are not able to grasp it. They're not able to get a hold of it. You know what it is? Is Jesus is getting ready to come for his church. 
I sincerely believe that. Amen. And Second Peter chapter number 3 and verse 9 and 10 tells us that it's not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness, but it's long-suffering to us. We're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away the great noise and the elements shall melt with a fervent heat and the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. We know that we have a promise and God is not slack concerning His promise. There is going to be a day when Jesus is going to come for His church and I want to be ready to meet Him at His appearing. Can you say praise the Lord? We're living in a day when people are distracted. People really, really, they, they don't think that the Lord is coming soon. Hebrews 9 and 28 says, And unto them that look for Him, unto them that look for Him, shall He appear a second time without sin into salvation. Amen. I believe with all of my heart this is the stature that the church ought to have, the posture that the church ought to have. I believe we ought to have one eye trained on a harvest field, trying to gather as much as we can into the barn, and another eye trained on eastern skies looking for the coming of the Lord. For them that look for him. Amen. If, if you come to church and you're not looking for a move of God, you're probably not going to see a move of God. If you come to church and you're worried about what somebody else is doing and you're looking to critique and analyze the situation, that's all you get out of it. But if you come looking for a miracle, if you come looking for a move of God, if you come looking for a touch of the Lord, you can receive what you usually get what you come looking for. Oh, yeah. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord. Bible tells us in Luke chapter number 2 that there was a man by the name of Simeon that had a desire to see the Messiah. He wanted to see that, that Messiah that would come and be a Savior for his people. And he had prayed about this and God had given him a promise that before he died he would see the Messiah. I don't know, it seems to indicate that this man was an elderly man. And every day when he arose, he went down to the house of God to put his time of prayer in or whatever that it was that he did around the house of God. And he went down to the house of God. Maybe he got up in the morning, put a kiss on his wife's cheek and said, Honey, I'm going to the house of the Lord. This could be the day that I see the Messiah. This could be the day that God fulfills his promise in my life. This could be the day that it happens for me. I just believe in God. I feel something different. Amen. And, and then he would come home and, and uh, it was much the same. And, and this was a continual pattern of his life. But one day, I believe it was when he was in his elderly years, he wakes up. He puts a kiss on, his, on, the, on the cheek of his wife and he walks out and says, this could be the day that it happens. This could be the day that I see the Messiah. And uh, there's a spring in his 
his step as he enters into the temple and he sees this little couple, Joseph and Mary, holding a baby and something happens that grips his heart and he realizes this is it and he walks over and the word of the Lord comes upon him and he says this is the Savior, the Messiah. This is what we've been praying for. This is what we've heard prophesied about. This is what has been foretold to us. Let thy servant go in peace and my eyes have seen the Lord, the Messiah, the hope of Israel. I'm preaching to you that man had been looking for him and he saw him because he held on to his faith. He held on to his belief that God was going to be there for him and God was not slack concerning his promise. If God has given you a promise, I'm encouraging you to hold on to it. Matter of fact, right here in this house tonight, somebody ought to stand to their feet, uh, shake their fist uh, as though you got a promise that you're holding on to. I got a promise that I'm holding on to. I got a promise that I'm holding on. Maybe it's a child coming back home. Maybe it's a miracle in your body. Maybe it's a miracle in your finance. Uh, Maybe it's a turnaround in your family situation. Whatever it is, I got a promise. Come on, shake that fist in the devil's face. I'm holding on to the promise of God. Unto them that look for him. Unto them that look for him. Amen. How many is looking for him? How many is desirous of the Lord to come and to minister and work in your life? You can be seated. Second Thessalonians chapter number 2 verses 1 through 3 gives us a little bit more about this promise of his coming. It says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us as that day the day or that the day of Christ is at hand let no man deceive you by any means for that day shall not come except there shall be or shall come a falling away first that the man of sin be revealed and the son of perdition don't be shaken in mind don't be doubtful in your heart don't don't ever think that God is not in control of this thing and he writes a little further on it in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4 and verse 13 he says but I would not have you to be ignorant brethren concerning them which are asleep that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him for this we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of an archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first and then 
Woo! Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever. So shall we ever. You didn't hear me? So shall we be. That's what we've been running for. That's what we've been in this race for. That's what we've been living for. That's the reward that we're looking for. So shall we ever be with the Lord. He's coming again, church. He's not slack concerning His promise as some men count slackness. Don't be shaken in mind. Don't let your faith fail you. Amen. Stand firm on the promise of God. Stir up your remembrance of God's Word that there's a rapture that's going to take place and I'm going to be a part of it. I'm going to be a part of it. That makes me want to shout a little bit tonight. That makes me want to rejoice. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that ought to thrill somebody to know that we're going to escape this world. That we're just pilgrims here. We're just sojourning here. Amen. We don't want to drive too many stakes down because we're not staying here. We don't become too comfortable with this because we're not staying here. This is not what we're living for. Amen. I believe that the Lord is able to give us life and life more abundantly and He's able to bless us and I believe that's part of His Word. I don't believe that God gets any glory out of people not being blessed or just surviving and merely getting by. But I believe he wants his people to prosper. I'm not saying that. I believe if you live for God and you serve the Lord, God will bless your life. You pay your tithe. You be faithful to the Lord. God is is bound by his word to do so. And I know that there's a lot of things that God is able to help us with and strengthen us in. If we'll live for him according to his word, he'll prosper and bless our life. That's in the word of the Lord. But I'm going to tell you, I'm not comfortable with living and staying in this world. Amen. This world is growing more and more in contrast with the church and the things of God and the word of God. This this thing's getting further and further apart. Amen. And I believe that it's going, as the scripture says, to only grow worse as time goes on. But I'm confident that one of these days there's going to be the shadow of an archangel. There's going to be the trump of God. Amen. And Jesus is going to come to meet his church in the clouds. And I want to be a part of that number that has called it together to meet him in the air and that lives with him forever and ever throughout all of eternity. That's right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But I have one more have one more promise to talk to you about here tonight. Amen. I'm, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that God doesn't leave us. He doesn't forsake us. 
I'm thankful that when he makes a promise, he stands by it, that he hears us when we pray, that he fills us with his spirit, and we have the promise that he continues to pour his spirit out and that he can do it even here in this room tonight. And people that you've been praying for and about that need the Holy Ghost, God is able to fill them and completely satisfy the need of them receiving the gift of the Holy I'm thankful for all these promises that I've preached about thus far. But I'm going to tell you this. This right here is the greatest promise to me of them all. And that is that one of these days, what I've been living for, one of these thing, days, what I've been what I've been serving the Lord for and, and doing the will of God and, and uh, living this life faithfully and, and serving God to, to the best of my ability for, God is going to honor and God is going to bless with a great reward. The Bible talks about a crown that we're running for that is incorruptible, that we're going to receive. Amen. I'm thankful for that. First John chapter 2 and verse 25 gives us this promise. And this is the promise that he hath promised us, even eternal life. Hallelujah. Come on. We, we all have corruptible flesh. Amen. I hate to break it to you, but one of these days there's going to be a sickness unto death. I don't care how much faith you got. You're going to die someday. One of these days that the Lord tarries, we're going to have your funeral. Or you're going to have my funeral. Whatever the case may be first. I, I hope I'm able to preach yours first. Praise God. But uh, uh, we're, we're all going the way of all flesh. We're all going to die one day. That, that's just the way it is. That's the law of life. And Jesus gives us this promise that we can have eternal life. Aren't you thankful for that promise? I said, aren't you thankful for that promise? And Jesus said in his word about the reward that you and I are going to have. He said, let not your heart, John 14, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare a place for you I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there ye may be also what's he talking about he's talking about heaven he's talking about eternal life he's talking about being around his throne and worshiping him throughout the ages he's talking about being in his presence not just on a Sunday morning not just on a Sunday night just not in a red hot prayer meeting not just on Wednesday, amen, but all the time. Can you imagine church all the time? This glorious feeling that we're feeling tonight all the time. This joy, this this peace, this, this great power of God all the time. That's what heaven is going to be like. If you can't get excited about heaven, I don't know what you can get excited about. If you can't get thrilled about heaven, I don't know what's going to turn your crank tonight. I don't know what's going to get you up off of your pew. If you can't get excited about going to heaven, there isn't much that can excite you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. I'm thankful for the word of God and the promise that we have of heaven and eternal life. Revelation chapter 21. He goes on and said, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying behold the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God and God oh shall wipe away all tears from their eyes Woo! I'm talking about heaven and there shall be no more death Neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. Come on. Has anybody been experiencing pain? Pain physically, but even more so, maybe pain emotionally, mentally. You've been antagonized. You've been under pressure. You've been feeling pain. There shall be no more pain. For the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. I'm looking forward to going to heaven. I'm looking forward to seeing him. I'm looking forward to being with him. I'm looking forward to spending eternity with him. Why don't we stand and lift up our hands to the Lord as the musicians come. Oh, somebody, maybe you've been concerned about the promise. Maybe you've been concerned about some things concerning the promises of God. I want to come to comfort you tonight that God is, is, is not slack concerning his promise.